Welcome to Horror Cafe, where we're serving up a cup of horror one episode at a time. I'm Jackie. And I'm Erica. And this month, we are featuring horrifying art films. And this is episode 17, where we're talking about hereditary. So, what are you drinking? Starbucks Vanilla Oat Milk Shaken Espresso. So... Wow, that's a mouthful, literally. <laughs> I th- It's good... I just wish the coffee was a little less strong. Like, so, there's barely any vanilla flavor in this. Like, and you know, I thought about it, asking for that extra shot of vanilla, and and you held back. I held back. Shame on you. It's very good. It's just the espresso taste is extremely strong. So I would probably like this. Yes, you would. Of course. And you? I am. I made myself my one of my favorite coffees. And that is Lavazza Intenso. And it is so velvety smooth that I look forward to it on the weekends with a nice generous splash of half and half and some sweetener. And don't look at me that way. (laughs) I enjoy the flavor of this coffee without any additives except the half and half. Well, half and half is a must. I can't do straight up black (laughs) coffee, so... (laughs) Anyway, do you want to take us on to the plot of Hereditary? Of course. When the matriarch of the Graham family passes away, her daughter and grandchildren begin to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry, trying to outrun the sinister fate they have inherited. In Hereditary. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember watching this at the movies? I I I don't think you do. I do do remember watching it. Um, Okay. But I didn't remember the movie a lot. I remembered the end, actually, surprisingly. Well, because the end is very uh, impactful. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we watched it, it was a fun movie to watch there because the moments that it has good scary moments, Mm -hmm. right? And I remember that that time where Annie is up against the wall behind Peter and you see her walking like in the air Mm -hmm. in the theater. I literally went, (gasps) I was the only one that made noise. You almost always are, are the, the only, only one. one who freaks out in movies. But come on, these people the are going to a scary movie and none of them scream. I don't understand. You you are sometimes the extra in the yeah, movies. Yeah, I guess so. I have had people laugh at me. Yes. Or with me, you know. Because yes. I always laugh after I have my little attack. <laughs> anyway, this movie was very hyped up because this is the first movie for Ari Aster and it was just this... Oh, it's going to be the greatest horror movie. And The Witch had already come out. So it was like leading into this, what Mm -hmm. we're calling this month, this very indie, artsy horror movies and stylized horror. And I remember we left a little bit dissatisfied. We were kind of like, what? But then I watched it when it came out on streaming. Mm -hmm. And this is a movie, at least with me, when you watch it the second time and you probably, this is a rewatchable one because you pick up on things each Mm -hmm. time you watch it, which we will discuss further (laughs) throughout this. (laughs) Um, It's very, I'm going to use the word cerebral. Like there's a lot going on psychologically. Mm -hmm. And visually. And visually and... It's a beautiful movie to look at. Mm. I think The Witch is better visually, but that's because it's the whole outdoor thing. But this is very stunning and 
graphic without being too graphic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's disturbing images. Yes. That you're like, what? I felt that this movie was filmed beautifully. I, I, it is. I just like the witch it's more. Neck and neck with the witch, how yeah. it's filmed. Mm -hmm. It's different. It's a different style, a different look. Yeah. But it is stunning. Of course. Yeah, it is. And I'm that, just saying I like the witch more because of the whole outdoor element. Yeah. But that's that's it. That's just a personal. Yeah. Um, I agree that with you that this is one of those that you watch once, then you have to watch it again, and mm -hmm. you catch some things. And this is my second time watching it. Right. I I had not watched it again. Since then. But now, after having done some research and watched a couple of video clips on it, too, I really want to watch it again to see some of these things. And, yeah, I could see them on YouTube and all that stuff. But I want to see and see it and have that click, that connection. Like an action, it. so yeah. to speak, as you're watching the yeah. movie. I will say that I had forgotten some of the shockers in this movie, mm -hmm. and that totally made it a hell of a lot more enjoyable. So <laughs> sometimes that's good with horror movies is spacing them out. <laughs> yeah. So let's go on to movie facts. All right. So Rotten Tomatoes score, the critics gave it 89, audience 68. And I can see that because, again, it's a hit or miss, and I think it's a movie you need to watch mm -hmm. more than once. It was released on June 8th of 2018. Wow. So there you go. It's already old, oldish. It had a budget of $10 million and it grossed $44.1 million in the US and Canada, $36.2 million in other countries for a total of $80.2 million. That's pretty good for a horror movie. Rattling off all those numbers, man. Every time you do that part, I'm like, damn. Yeah, I always love looking at that because one, movies are very expensive to make. So I can see why it's important to uh, remake at least the cost of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but those numbers are just, it's hard to fathom those numbers. I know. It, and that's only one movie. Think of all the other, think of the Marvel movies. Huh? Oh my God, no. They, weigh, they make way more than that. <laughs> anyway, Ari Aster, Ari Aster, sorry. He is the voice of the voicemail for mm -hmm. Annie's boss. That's mm -hmm. his voice. Ah, okay. Which I thought was... Kind of funny. Oh, so apparently, uh, the part where Charlie gets her head—what are we? Decapitated. I mean, decapitated—is based on real life incident in twenty in two thousand four in Marietta, Georgia, where a a guy, his name is John Hetcherson, accidentally decapitated his childhood friend and passenger. On a telephone pole. And he did the same thing. He left him in the car. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. Yep. So, there you go. Who would have thought that this would be something that really happened? Wow. So, I guess if you are going fast enough, it can happen. I mean, it makes sense that it could happen. Wow. That's crazy. I'm, we, I'm a little stunned right now. I, I can tell. <laughs> I was right about the location. The film was started shooting in uh, February 2017 in Utah. Mm. The exteriors of the house and tree house were shot in Summit County, Utah. And the cemetery scene was filmed in Larkin Sunset Gardens in Sandy, Utah. Mm. The interiors are actually built on a soundstage, which made it easier, obviously, for shooting scenes. So... It was not real, technically. It was real, but not real. So it wasn't a real house inside. Because Correct. that house was just amazing. It was stunning. The way they showed it was amazing. Yeah. 
And they wanted to create a dollhouse aesthetic. And it has it. It does. It absolutely does have it. Right. Because thinking about it, now that I was reading ahead while you were talking, that mm-hmm. I see this in my head. Yeah, there are the scenes where you see Annie with her miniatures, but even when they're in regular scenes, mm-hmm. okay, where the little houses aren't, or the scenes from the miniatures aren't focused, yeah, there is this weird feeling to it. The way it's filmed, it, mm-hmm. it, it looks, like everyone looks smaller. And claustrophobic in a way. Yeah, and a little bit claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but I can see that. Yeah. It's interesting. So the actor, Alex Wolf, who plays Peter, he wanted to do, I didn't know this was a thing, uh-huh. or maybe I'd have to look into, I should have, but a DiCaprio-style method acting. So I guess it's interesting to know that DiCaprio, I guess, really gets into his roles, where he wanted to break his own nose for oh. that scene where he hits his face on the desk. Oh my God, just the thought of breaking, oh. That's insane. Yeah. But, uh, the you know, Ari Aster said no, <laughs> and they gave him a cushion desk, but when they shot it, uh, apparently only the top half of the desk was foam, and he still hid his bottom half, and he dislocated his jaw. So, so he got hurt anyway. So he still got hurt. So he was doing method acting. In the end, he still got his semi-wish. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I guess. I, no, I'm good, you know? For the seance scene, they had to use a really tiny magnet mm-hmm. to put inside the chalk, um, you know, for the where Joan was. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and the trickiest part was to find a magnet small enough to fit inside the chalk. So Can it's practical, that? that's but that's crazy. cool. It's practical But I like that. It's not like a CGI... <laughs> Not right. CGI'd or anything like that. And that's where this next thing goes. That Ari Aster, Aster sorry, only wanted to use CGI as a last resort because he wanted to do things as practical as possible. Hmm. So in order to pull off uh, Charlie's decapitation, <laughs> they literally made a doll out of her like animatronic full uh-huh. body. Oh, wow. So obviously when she's hanging out of the car, it is her. Right. Um, she got very physical with this scene, mm-hmm. but obviously right in time for the decapitation scene, they replaced the they doll. They switched it out. Yeah. Right. Well, so, I mean, you know, you don't so really there's a it. Right. And there's a lot of practicality. The The scene where Annie is sawing her own head off, that's also prosthetics. Oh my God. I forgot about that scene. Oh, yeah, it's very, that it's giving me goosebumps yeah. because just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I like it. I like practical effects because it does make it look more real and mm-hmm. it's just cool like old school filmmaking yeah well i'll have some little tidbits that i inserted in there on a few things um that i also found on some of the props and things later on so that'll be interesting to talk about too all right let's head into movie talk okay let's go over the characters first mm-hmm. there's annie who is the main character her husband steve their son peter their daughter, Charlie, there is Joan, and I see you put here, weirdo lady. Well, yeah. And then, while this isn't an actual physical live character in the movie, mm-hmm. Ellen, who is Annie's mother, mm-hmm. and the children's grandmother, of course. All right. We've met the characters. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what? <laughs> I don't know. You have this perplexed look on your face. No, I'm just waiting. All right. So the movie starts with the pan of a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. 
which we later learn, we may, I mean, it doesn't matter where we say it, Annie is an artist and she does miniature art. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. In the form of dollhouses, depicting like little scenes. Little scenes. Mm-hmm. Right. The beginning is getting ready for a funeral and we find out it's Annie's mom. Who, Ellen. Ellen, who recently passed away. Um, I don't know if you could, I felt like the family already seemed kind of dysfunctional, even from the beginning. There was tension, for There was sure. something off. For sure, yeah. Which is great, because you're already getting this sense of, like, it's not just because of this death, but something else is happening in this family. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's because I already knew. I don't know, but I felt, like, right off the bat. No, I have to agree with you, because since I had not seen it a second time, mm-hmm. pretty much this was almost like watching it again. Brand new. Um, I picked that up, like, there's something not right here. I mean, obviously, the mom has passed away, so that in itself is going to add to that tension. Right. So maybe that's what you're picking up on. I don't know. It yeah. just seemed off. Yeah. Then they're at the funeral. Annie is doing the eulogy, and... It's not a nice eulogy. It's not. not. really. She's basically saying that she was a difficult woman. Yeah. I, You know, basically saying, like, hard to love. That she was impossible. <laughs> and that she was... Right. And... So you can, I don't know if she said it here or later, so I'm kind of confusing it with another scene where she says that they weren't close. Yeah. No, I think she says it here. I think she does. Um, But in the end, she wraps it up by saying she loved her mother very much, but it's not like a really nice eulogy at all. Right. Right. So that alone set it off like, okay. There is definitely definitely something off here. And they're at the wake we get we get this scene of Charlie eating a Hershey's bar, mm-hmm. my favorite chocolate bar of all time. <laughs> and I don't remember who came up and t- asked her, "Are there nuts in?" It? I think the dad. I think are there so, nuts yeah. in it? Right. And then Annie came and said, "Are there are there nuts in that?" Mm-hmm. So, so they stress that she has a nut allergy. Yes, which no is no pun intended. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it that's a very scary allergy, and clearly, if they keep asking. You know, mm-hmm. it's for a little detail that's very important for later. Yes, yes. Then Charlie and Annie have a weird, intense conversation where Charlie is like, who's going to take care of me when you die? And and this is where we find out. I think this is where we find out that for some reason, Annie wasn't really per se taking care of Charlie as much because it seemed like... The one who was taking care of Charlie was Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. And tying it all together now for mm-hmm. the end, it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Annie is going through her mom's stuff, right? You know, you know, boxes of stuff and books. And I mean, it looks like she has a ton of books, this lady, mm-hmm. but she doesn't really go through it in depth. Right. And I, it's in her art room where she has these boxes. I think so. And she's going, right? she finds these weird books on yeah, spiritualism. spiritualism and, yeah. so, excuse me, some of them have some weird, I think, language in it mm-hmm. and drawings. And yeah. this is where we see, I think, one of the first symbols that mm-hmm. are artfully placed. And I found this out after the fact while I was doing some background, you know, information on the movie itself, mm-hmm. um, that it's put throughout the movie now i want to watch it again just to catch those scenes well the symbol which is hard to describe unless you watch the movie they look like 
a sixes and threes and they're swirly. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's very interesting. It's very swirly. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else. Yeah, no, that's that's basically it. Yeah. When they show Ellen's um, body in the, I was going to say sarcophagus. Oh, oh my God, because I've been watching Moon Knight. So, <laughs> God. In, in the, the coffin. In the coffin. She's wearing the necklace. Yes, with that symbol with it. on it. Yeah. Yeah. And she sees her mom's ghost just standing in the corner. Yeah, that was freaky. It was eerie because she didn't move. She right. just stared at her. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm getting goosebumps yeah. from that. And the corner was shadowed. Mm-hmm. Right? And the mom wasn't solid either. She was semi-transparent. Really? She was yeah. solid to me. She, I, I, When I looked at some of the playbacks, mm-hmm. it, she doesn't seem solid, solid. Interesting. She seemed more transparent-ish. Or maybe it was the way the angle was. I don't know. Anyway. When Annie turns on the light, she's gone. Of course she's gone. <laughs> it's the next day. The kids are at school. Charlie's in a class. This bird crashes into a window of their classroom, a black bird. Mm-hmm. Which is odd. Yes. Right? Out of all classrooms, it had to be Charlie's. Of course. Right? Later... <laughs> She goes to this dead bird and cuts its head off. She takes it. I got some little behind the scenes on that. Please share. Okay, so the bird that hits the window of her classroom and kind of like not shatters it, but it breaks up Mm -hmm. is a fake bird that apparently was shot out of a cannon and filled with blood. All right, then. And... If you recall, when that part with the bird's head mm-hmm. in being cut off, we're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that was a taxidermy, ter- taxidermy bird. Okay. And what they did is they had already cut the head off mm-hmm. and they put a toothpick inside to keep it attached mm. and they filled it with blood so that it looked real when she oh, cut okay. into it. Okay. So I just thought I'd share that because I was All like, right. oh. And this was in an interview with the actress, the, what's her name? Millie. Miley, Millie. Millie Shapiro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she was talking about it. And she said that she was actually laughing her head off. She couldn't contain herself when in the part with the cannon mm-hmm. because she just thought it was so bizarrely funny. Like, yeah, you're I using a cannon that. to shoot this thing out. This thing out. Yeah. Well... It, it's all practical. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I love the finding, t- you know, making it happen mm-hmm. without the CGI. Agreed. When she cuts the head off, she looks back towards, I don't know, across the street mm-hmm. and there's a woman waving at her. Do yeah. we ever find out who that is? Was it Joan? Was it the grandmother? Who was that? I'm trying to. Re- I know the scene you're talking about. I just don't know. Something else I'd like to go back and see because who is it? But the woman had long white or blonde hair. Did she? Yes. Okay. And Ellen so had who short is it? hair. And um, what's her name? Joan was... Had long brown hair. Right. So, or it was other people part of that cult. Exactly. Because mm. that's what I'm calling it. I'm calling it a cult. Yes. We're back at the house. And Annie says that her mom's bedroom, well, she sees that her mom's bedroom mm-hmm. was open. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be because she had locked it. Right. Maybe that's, that's right. where the boxes were. I, I don't really remember where those boxes of the books were. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway. And Steve said, you know, he's not sure why it was open and she locked it. So there's already a hint of, okay, there's some Shit activity going down. Yeah. going down here. 
Steve gets a mysterious phone call from the cemetery. He doesn't tell Annie, but it's basically that Ellen's grave has been desecrated. desecrated. And he doesn't tell Annie. He doesn't tell her. Because he doesn't... I mean, I, this poor man yeah. already sees that this woman is unhinged. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have just set her off. Yes. So that's why he doesn't tell her anything. You know, something that I did not realize until I was doing research mm-hmm. on it is that Steve is a psychologist. I didn't know either because they don't really address him. Right. I mean. Not really. Not in that sense. And, and maybe it was mentioned and we, we didn't, didn't catch see it, it. But yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay. That because is supposedly there is a scene, and I do remember the scene where he's oh, he's writing an email. Yes. Well, that email is consulting supposedly with a fellow colleague mm. about how Annie is spiraling out of control. Right. I remember him writing that email, but we didn't really realize what it the what it was and right. who he is in right. in a professional sense. So I just thought that was interesting. It is so, huh? Yeah. Okay. And that leads into um, Annie going to a bereavement, grief, loss type of group therapy. Well, this is what's weird, right? So her husband's a psychologist, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, she's not going to have him as her psychologist. Yeah. But she tells him he's going to the, she's going to the movies. Mm -hmm. Why is she embarrassed to to say that she's going to a group therapy? Wouldn't he be like, okay? Yeah, I mean... You would, I mean, he would probably be, yeah, lady, you really fucking need it. Right. I don't, I never, I didn't understand the madness of this. I don't know if it's her shame. Yeah. She, she definitely seems like she has pride or just like this shame of her, which we'll find out in this next scene that she has mental health in her family. And mm-hmm. it's like, she's ashamed of it kind yeah. of. There's a so. frantic energy to her during the entire movie. Well, yeah. That is just indicative of mental health issues yeah possibly well i would like to say i know i said it throughout the movie and you laughed at me but i think tony collette did a great job she did do a great in job. this role i mean i think almost everything she's in she's great she was great in knives out she's great in the sixth sense <laughs> yeah and she can do different things right i never really because she's not talked about a lot and mm-hmm. she's actually a really good actress where she can do Knives Out, where she's funny mm-hmm. and kind of evil, right? Because right? she's kind of bad. Mm-hmm. But then she's, you know, playing this frantic character here. She's playing a vulnerable mother in the sixth sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's, there, and she's in so much that I can't even think about right now. Right. So hats off to her on this particular role. For being so I dynamic. Mean, yeah, and extremely believable mm-hmm. in Well, she everything. definitely conveyed that frantic energy Mm-hmm. in in this movie like yeah. you're just on edge with her all the time yeah, at least were. i was during the entire movie same so she joins the group therapy and at one point she decides to open up mm-hmm. and she talks about mental illness that runs in her, in her family mm-hmm. and she goes on to say that her mother suffered from um dissociative DID. identity disorder mm-hmm. Yep. Um, to those people who may not it's split personality or mm-hmm. personalities mm-hmm. Um, her father starved himself to death, mm-hmm. and her brother committed suicide in a schiz- in a schizophrenic episode. Mm-hmm. And this goes to a topic that you and I have talked about so many times since we, the Exorcist. Yes, since the Exorcist <laughs> about the 
that that fine edge between mental illness and supposed demonic possession or possession of a person in any way. Because within the reality of the movie, it's possible that most of the diagnosis that her family dealt with was really demonic activity. Mm-hmm. And something that was interesting is that Annie's brother, who was the original Charlie, okay? What do you mean the original Charlie? I think, like, instead of that Charlie, this uh is the Charlie. That was the Charlie that was being prepared. Got it. For later on. Got it. Um, He was saying that Annie says to the group, "My this is literally what she says, my older brother had schizophrenia. And when he was 16, he hanged himself in my mother's bedroom. That's one clue. And of course, his suicide note blamed her, accusing her of putting people inside him. Which Mm -hmm. goes on to what this movie, the end of this movie, actually is. You know, I just had a... A hot moment? Because you're saying the original Charlie... Mm -hmm. What if he is in Charlie? Charlie the girl. Mm-hmm. Because at the end, they said, oh, now you're in the right body. Right. So maybe it's been him. It's, yeah. And that's why they named this poor girl Charlie. Right. And that's why Ellen is so obsessed with her mm-hmm. because it's really the son. There you go. Yes. <gasps> I mean, it could just. It could, and that's the point, right? It's theories and what yes. you think of it. Maybe yes. somebody else has thought of this, and I'm just like it, it, thinking of it now. But this is great. It is. It, it adds it, a different layer to it. There is. There's this. This is an onion. Yeah. This movie. This is. This whole family is generational dysfunction, mental illness, combined with being involved in a cult or or the occult itself. So right. they kind of like mash together because. I do think that there's got to be some mental illness here, or, as well. Or it's what we've what we're saying. It's it's real possession or demonic presence, but it's being disguised as mental illness. So then Ellen, the grandmother, didn't have DID and was being was possessed by what they eventually called Paimon, right? In the movie, which is a demonic force. Oh wow! That's the other yes. side of it. It could just be masking. That. Hmm. Aha. Wow. Insane. Should we watch it again? Yes, I think we should. We should. (laughs) I agree. We're back at the house. It's the next day. And Peter asks to borrow the car to go to a party. (sighs) Annie says, okay, but take your sister. Right. Before we go on this party rant, Charlie is in the backyard of their home. Kind of. So their home is not in the middle... Maybe it is in the middle of nowhere, but they're surrounded by woods. Right. They're at the, maybe at the end of a very Or like a cul-de-sac. Yes. So there's a lot of wilderness and Charlie was walking kind of farther away from the house a little Mm bit. When she gets to this kind of open field little area or a pond, now I can't, you know, there's a woman sitting there with a fire. Yes. Surrounding her. Who the hell is that? Was I, it real? I would have to go back to it. I'm I'm going right. to, I think it was her grandmother. I think it may have been. It may Ellen. have been, but that's what I'm saying. Like this movie you can just rewatch it over and over. No, we're gonna have to rewatch it. Yeah. And so that 
I mean, I don't know if it's important, but at the it's just all these little visual things going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it wasn't real because Annie didn't see it. So that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Versus the lady waving at her across the street, they probably were there. Because right. how do you cover up a fire and Annie didn't see it? Right. So I think she had a vision. Mm-hmm. All right, so the party. Yeah. Let's just say Peter is probably what? 16, 17, I 17, think they said, actually. Charlie is 13. Right. I mean, four years. That's a big difference. That's that's a that's a school. And it's like maybe if they were a brother and sister that really got along and closer in age, I can mm-hmm. see why you would go together cuz I have seen that. Yeah. Right? Where or the same sex, mm-hmm. okay? But you're taking your 13-year-old 13-year-old girl sister, not even your brother. Right. To a teenage party. Mhm. Like, what was Annie thinking? Like, what is the sense of that? Mm-hmm. He's 17 years old. You were 17 at one point. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Or, you know, it, this is something... It's a teenager. Right. What are you thinking? Yes. Like, that wasn't even fair to Peter. No, it wasn't fair. It wasn't... It didn't make any sense to... And, and I... Let me back up a little bit. I understand why she did it. Which is? Because I do I do. She's forced him to take the sister for him to be responsible and possibly not indulge in alcohol, which is stupid because they, he ends up at the party smoking weed right. the whole nine yards. Right. But in her head, maybe that will keep him from doing something stupid. But the bottom line is she's the one who did something stupid because when we focus and we zoom into the party, they're in the kitchen. You see a bunch of teenagers in the kitchen chopping up what? Nuts. Yep. <laughs> to put into what? A chocolate a cake. cake. Right. <laughs> Which is, honestly, I think that's kind of weird because I don't think you would go to a teenage party and find somebody making a cake. I don't either, but... Well, you would, but it wouldn't be nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry. It would probably be some kind of drug. So I found that a little odd, but whatever. I mean, it was for the point of the movie, but yeah. <laughs> I did find that out of place. I'm like, who the fuck is baking at a teenage party? Mm-hmm. If anything, you're going to bring it. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be baking it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Something that I, I just wanted to, before we get on to the party scene, mm-hmm. is Charlie has this weird little sound Ugh, that she makes fucking sometimes. irritating and, and we'll play it later in the sound section yeah but it's basically like a little pop mm-hmm. sound that she yeah, makes. like like that yes, mm-hmm. exactly that's it that's it <laughs> that's exactly what it is and yeah. she's constantly making that sound when she's looking at that scene and by the way i wrote down here it is her grandmother um she makes that sound Anyway, going back to the party. irritating sound. So Charlie is up with some girls and some other guy upstairs in this house where the party's going on. They're smoking some weed. And you see Charlie eating the cake. And next thing you know, she's starting to choke. Mm -hmm. Her throat is closing up. Mm -hmm. She's rushing upstairs to get her brother. And what happens here? There is no EpiPen. (laughs) So Annie... Mm-hmm. What's the stupid one here? How do you send your kid, who you know has a nut allergy, okay, mm-hmm. somewhere where you don't know mm-hmm. and you cannot control what's going on food-wise, mm-hmm. to a place without that pen? Yep. Peter is like, oh, shit. Yeah. So they leave. And Charlie's in the back seat of the car. Peter is speeding like a maniac down this road. 
and she is starting to choke. Yeah. Because her she she's keeps, having an she's having an anaphylaxis reaction. Right. To this, <laughs> her throat is closing up. It's getting. She said bigger. I think she meant like it's just like expanding yeah. inside. I don't know how that works. I Here's don't either. I yeah. It's always described as that, but yeah, it's just that it is closing though, okay. and it's making her now breathe. I think she was also turning red. Yes, already she was very red. Mm-hmm. So she sticks her head out the window because she's gasping for air right to get more air that Mm -hmm. kind of makes sense it goes in through her you know Mm -hmm. (sighs) wow this scene is a shocker it shocked me because i had forgotten about it oh okay you see the pole an electrical wooden pole coming up and all of a sudden wham she gets decapitated and poor peter just stops the car and he, he, I think he says, Charlie. Yeah. And you can tell that he is like, oh my God, I am so fucked. Yeah. He just unintentionally yeah. killed his sister. Yeah. Not only that, he's high. So I can't imagine mm-hmm. how much more intense this was in his brain. He had to have flipped out completely. Well, not, I would think yeah. a psychotic break at that point because of the the drugs and then the episode that just happened. And not just that, like any teenager, even if this happened to you as an adult, how do you explain this to your parent? Uh-huh. Who just lost their mother. Right. Right? So she's technically still grieving and now... Now your child. Now her child. Right. Find out what happens after this break. home he gets home <laughs> he leaves her unheaded beheaded body so yeah tor- her body. Well, yeah in the car and he goes to bed <laughs> but it's not because he doesn't care it's because you can tell that he is in so the shock he, yeah. he almost looks catatonic yeah i guess in his mind is like do i tell them now or do I just, I mean, it's going to be the same reaction. I mean, but it's pretty shitty. It's still shitty. It's a, I don't know. I think the reaction is worse knowing that, oh, my son left his sister's That's what body I'm saying. in the car. That's what I'm saying. I, like, he could have just done it, said it, hey. <laughs> or stayed at the scene and called the cops and his parents. Yeah. That that's probably the best. Different. Yeah, that's probably the best, better way. But we're also expecting him to be rational after a very traumatic experience, again, plus the fact that he is high. Right. He's up and I don't think he sleeps, if I remember correctly. It's now the morning, mm-hmm. and you hear Annie, okay, I'll be back. I'm just going to go to the store. Mm-hmm. And you just hear her screaming. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they cut to her in the room with Steve... Her husband, you know, trying to console her, and she's just saying, I just want to die. Mm-hmm. Crying and crying. <laughs> Ari Aster really likes people crying. Yes, apparently. <laughs> and he gets really good actresses to do crying scenes. <laughs> because we're going to, I'm just going to say, now we're going to do Midsommar next. Uh-huh. And that is full of crying and yelling and, like, yes. drama times a 100 mm-hmm. in that one. Mm-hmm. Now it's another funeral. Yeah. Annie 
doesn't even really participate in the wake. She's still crying uncontrollably mm. at the funeral. Now she likes to sleep in the treehouse. Right. Because Charlie liked to go sleep there. Right. That was like her little place. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice treehouse, by the way. It is. It is. She goes to the support group, but doesn't go in this time. Still going to the movies, mm -hmm. to Steve anyway. Right. But as she's trying to leave in her car, she doesn't even get out of the car. This lady comes up to her and tells her she's here to support her because she's been through a tragedy that she recently lost her son and grandson, that they drowned. You know, all this convenient, right? Right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. This lady's name is Joan. She gives her her number. And she's Aunt Lydia in The Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. It's cool to see her in her. You know, it's funny, when role. she was talking, I was like, man, this woman looks familiar. Her, her voice sounds familiar, but yeah. it, the dots did not connect until you said, it's Aunt Lydia. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now I can't see her as anything else but. I know. Because she was missing the robes and all yeah. of that. But still an evil character. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she exchanges a number, and Annie's like, all right, cool, thanks. She goes home, and she sleeps in the treehouse again. Now Peter... This poor guy, I mean, we'll get into it as the episode goes on, but now he's hearing the sister click, mm -hmm. you know, the, the sound. Annie takes up the offer to go see Joan to, you know, talk about the same grievances. When she gets to Joan's house, Joan has a welcome mat. And Annie looks at it mm -hmm. and you're like, all right, why is she looking at this mat so intently? It's not like it's a big deal. Right. When Joan opens the door, Annie says, oh, my mom used to make mats like like embroidery like this. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> and you it's know. that symbol. Some huh? of it is weaved into that symbol, I think, that we see throughout the movie. I, I don't think. think, I don't know, because she would have recognized it. That's true. But there was something about it that was familiar, I mean, aside I, from the fact that her mom had made them. Right. But yeah. But That's Joan plays it off. Right there, yes. Right. Of course, Joan. Ha, ha, ha. And mm -hmm. you as the audience is like, oh, okay. So they talk. Annie admits that she sleeps, she sleepwalks or has. She and hasn't in a while. What's funny is that Lydia asked Lydia. Oh my God. Oh man. Joan. 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 <laughs> I, because in my notes, I can put calling, Aunt Lydia. I no, know. man. Um, Joan asks about her relationship with her son, which was a strange thing to ask. Mm -hmm. That should have well, been a. Well, maybe because of the whole circumstances well, about. Charlie with and Charlie. the death, but it's still kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you don't know each other. Yeah, not that well. But yeah. go ahead, because this part I found very shocking. Joan, I'm sorry, Annie explains, like I say, like I was saying, she used to have episodes of sleepwalking, which she says has disappeared for now. And one time when Peter and Charlie were younger, and I think they would sleep together Every once they in a shared while. A room, you know, yeah. they shared a room. One time she woke up from that sleepwalking episode. Peter and Charlie were covered in paint thinner. And herself. And herself. And she had matches. Mm -hmm. Like ready to light it. Yeah. And then obviously they were freaked out. And she thinks Peter has never let it go. Well, I, I mean, mean, I don't think I would either. I'd be re I think I'd be sleeping with the door locked. locked. At I that would. point. Um, because it's pretty damn scary. I mean, Can you yeah. imagine waking up to find yourself like that and your parents standing in front of you with matches? Yeah, no. So that's pretty freaky. 
And I don't, I mean, I can't blame him. And I think it's wrong of her to think otherwise mm -hmm. because she's, she keeps defending herself saying, but I wasn't going to do it. I was mm -hmm. sleepwalking. And it's like, yeah, well, he didn't mean to kill Charlie either. Right. So why can't you forgive him? Right. The same Right. Way, it's the exactly. same thing. Yeah. Now, you know, really thinking about this, you almost killed him. Right. And her. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah. It's all pretty much the same. Yeah. And that's the trauma that goes through this family. There's a lot of grudges, grudges, <laughs> guilt, um, things that they do not talk about. Yeah. And again, going back, this poor man, Steve, the husband, mm -hmm. is a psychologist and he's got his own cluster yeah. at his house. Um, this yeah. part I found interesting after that is when Steve walks in on Annie. And this is after yeah, Annie after, gets home. Mm -hmm. After her thing with Joni, or Joan, sorry. She is. She has recreated a miniature mm -hmm. of the scene where Charlie dies with the pole. Yeah. And Charlie's headless body in the car. Mm -hmm. And her husband's like, "What? what is this? And she's like, I'm looking at this from a neutral point. Right. <laughs> and he's, that man, mm -hmm. there is nothing but you feel sorry for this man the entire movie. Because yeah. I feel like he has been down this road with his wife many times. And it sounds at least like it's it. implied. Mm -hmm. And it's like I'm he's at his wit's end yeah. with all this craziness. Well, when he's writing that email, it's clear that this has happened before. Right. Maybe even even when that sleepwalking episode happened, mm -hmm. maybe that was another like escalation of a yeah. psychotic breakdown. Right. Which, you know. Right. But here comes a, another great scene. Yes. Because I thought the scene where she's at the group therapy and she, what I called in my notes, word vomited all her mm -hmm. family history was great. But this topped it. Well, because let's let's build this up a little. There's a lot of tension going on right now mm -hmm. between her and, and Peter, Peter. Because she's kind of like avoiding him. Avoiding and ignoring him. Mm -hmm. Even at the wake, you see him behind a panel of glass. Yeah. And you see him like wanting her to comfort him. Right. As any child would. Right. And she's not having it. She's well, there's just... And there's a scene where it looks like Peter gets home on his bike and he's almost... A, you can tell that he's trying to psych himself to go into the into house because he's yeah. scared. And mm -hmm. she's sitting in the car... Watching him. Waiting to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And she didn't get out. Right. She just stared at him and was like literally waiting for him to go in the house and then leave. Yeah. I ignoring him like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's messed up. Yeah. So the dinner scene. The dinner scene. Yeah. Go for it. I mean, I don't know where to start. It's just they're eating, right? They're trying to, because Steve says, I made dinner and mm -hmm. he come down to eat because he wants to, I think, try to at least keep them as a family. Mm -hmm. Peter is eating and he says, oh, dad, it tastes good. And I don't know what snaps Annie where she basically starts this yeah. word vomit again of how she right. feels and blames peter yeah for Flat everything out blames him she even calls him a little shit and always with the face you always have that face yeah it was like it was a, an out and out attack on peter mm -hmm. and the poor kid is like uh and the and steve he's just sitting there like i'm just going to leave i know and he kept saying please stop because then Peter was like, what, mom? 
mm-hmm. what what's like he kind of instigated it but it yeah. was needed because it's just like you can't keep avoiding each other right because she's not addressing the, the elephant, elephant in, in the, the room, room which is her anger at him at him because of the sister and he's she's not addressing it they haven't confronted this issue and now they're confronting the issue yeah and then peter turns the table on her mm-hmm. after she has what do you call it word vomited yeah and called him a little shit and uh-huh. goes totally nuts he turns it on her too and he says well she didn't want to go to the party yeah I mean, those little words Set pretty much yeah. was it. it. It is an intense scene. Like, how do you wake up the next day after that dinner? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, how do you go on? Like, it didn't happen. It did happen. And now we all feel happy that we got it out in the open. I don't know. I don't either. Steve can give us the psychological breakdown of that one, I guess. Anyway, Annie is at an art store. And she conveniently finds Joan in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And Joan tells her about this open seance, that she needs to do it because she had great results. She was able to talk to her grandson. She asked her, what are you doing now? Let's go do it at the house. And Annie does. Mm -hmm. She goes to do this seance with Joan, which, you know, if if you were, if, if somebody came up to me and said, let's do this seance, I'm like, are you a medium? Like, are you okay to do this? Because what if, you know, yeah. I feel like if you're going to do this kind of stuff, do it with somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. Not with somebody who has no idea, which and you don't know. learned it from someone else. Right. On a, And she's like, oh, yeah, all we have to do is say these words. And I don't know what language it is, but that's all we need to do. And there's a clue to this whole cult thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, that's you know, always the horror movie state of mind. It's like, excuse me, ma'am, are you a certified medium for a seance? Like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> they were able to successfully do this seance. You have the little chalkboard where that's the relic that you need to, you know, bring of your loved one. That was her, Joan's grandson. And he writes on there. Right. I know, love you, I love grandma, you grandma or something like and that. And she's, you know, like, oh, this is amazing. Annie is freaking out the whole time. And she leaves. Yeah. But before she leaves, mm-hmm. Lydia gives her Lydia. the recipe. Lydia. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joan gives her the recipe to right. conjure. But then tells her that every family member needs to oh, be yeah. in the house mm-hmm. when she conjures. She didn't find that strange either. Right. Now, as she's driving back home... Mm-hmm. She's crying and crying and driving. Mm-hmm. Not a safe thing to do. No. And all of a sudden she hears that. <laughs> now that we know what, I mean, Oof. that is the sound. That is the sound. That pop. Yeah. That Charlie makes. Did this come with her? Did Was Paimon there from, there from then on? Because that is how they refer to this evil entity, demonic entity, mm-hmm. later on in the King movie. King Paimon or something? Yeah, Paimon. King Paimon, yes. I mean, judging by everything, it seems like this entity has been there all, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, years. Yeah, generations. It's just jumping it's from male to male. Yeah. Right, it didn't mean hereditary. She has some a nightmare that night, Annie, mm-hmm. and she wakes up and wants... Everyone, meaning Steve and Peter, to do the seance. Peter is like, just go with it. 
And Steve is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Not like that, but he's basically like, what is, what? We, you need to stop this. But she convinces them to do it right there in the living room. Mm -hmm. When this seance is happening, she gets possessed. Yes. And you not only auditory, you know, hear it, you see it. Yeah. She does something with her body mm -hmm. that you can tell it's not Annie anymore. And I wrote in my note that the air is flexing around her. Okay. It, what do you mean? I I know that I, I'm trying to remember what I meant by that because I even said it out, lo out loud. Mm -hmm. um, that it was just like you could see it. Okay. I, I don't know. During this whole seance... Poor Peter is flipped out because, yeah. you know, I would be freaked out if you were acting like this, <laughs> you know? And the husband and Steve. I mean, he's like. Yeah. I think at one point he's like, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, he does later. He It's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, again, how do you wake up the next day? I And I said it during the movie and go to school and go to work and. How? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. We cut to Peter in school and, you know, he's freaking out at school. Yeah. He sees this weird light, which we forgot to mention. Yeah. Charlie sees that light yes. in her bedroom. It's mm -hmm. like a weird, like a halo. Yes. Right? Yes. And it takes like the shape of the room. Like, let's say it's square and it goes from one end yeah. to the other. It reminds me of, okay, just for, for context. Mm -hmm. In Resident Evil, yeah, in the movie, remember when they go through um, that room that's all sliced and diced? Yes. It kind of like moves, the light yes. moves with wow, it. Wow, you actually remember that? Yeah, that's one of those scenes from that movie yeah. that always freaked me out. Yeah, because it is kind of weird. It is so it's weird. graphic. For, for its time, it was like, what the hell am I watching? Yes. Well, that weird light that moves through that scene, that's how that this looks here, but more astral. Yeah. And it does appear throughout the movie more subliminally astral that's a good word for it yes it's more astral i like it like that huh <laughs> so he sees that at school he flips out in the classroom because he sees his reflection but mm -hmm. the reflection is not reflecting what he's what doing. he's what he's doing he flips out the dad has to pick him up brings him home and now annie has destroyed all her work <laughs> which apparently Throughout the throughout the movie, she's behind. Yeah, she's on deadline right. to turn this in for some kind of an exhibit, and now she's destroyed everything. And her husband goes, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah. I mean, she destroyed it all, all except the accident. Right, the only thing that remained. Would you see it in the back? But she didn't destroy that one. That night, Annie hears noise in Charlie's room, and something is drawing uh charlie liked to draw mm -hmm. so she had this little sketchbook and now something right something an entity is drawing peter's head right over and over but dead right i mean you can tell that it's yeah it's not dead you know yes in body in living form <clears throat> and then peter at the same time now sees charlie in his room in the corner kind of mm -hmm. like how Annie saw Ellen, that same... Right. Same feel. And just standing there and her head rolls off. Right. Now he's he's dreaming. We find out that he's dreaming because now his head is being pulled against the headboard by these random arms. Like 
to rip it like out to, from right. the torso. I mean, let's talk about this psychologically. This is probably him processing the fact that he technically decapitated his sister. Right. So that's festering in the back of his mind. I, I wouldn't doubt it. But then he wakes up, and who's in his room? Annie. His mama! And he flips out. He accuses her of trying to rip his head off. And she is like, I'm just worried about you. And then she admits that she never wanted to have him. Yes. Which you flipped out yeah, when she I, said when she that. she said that, I was like, <gasps> like that, to me, that is the worst, possibly the worst mm -hmm. thing you can say to your child. Yeah. And then she tries to cover it up by saying, oh, because I didn't think I could do this. And, you know, la-di-da. I'm like, yeah, you already said what you said. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you meant it that way. I mean, this this kid and her just have this really horrible relationship. Yeah, it's getting worse. It's just getting worse. At this point, she decides that she's going to go. Everybody's already asleep. Every pandemonium broke and they're all back to bed. Mm -hmm. How that happens, I don't know. <laughs> she, she decides that she is going to burn this sketchbook. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because then she starts catching fire. Mm -hmm. And Steve has now left the marital bedroom and is sleeping on the That's couch right. in the living room because he has had it. Yeah. He, he's done. I yeah. think he's at the point where I'm like, like, where he's like, I'm out of here. I mm -hmm. can't deal with this insanity anymore. Yeah. And she then tries to turn it out. And it's like. So clearly the sketchbook is also possessed. Yes. Yes. The next day, Annie tries to go to Joan's house, but she's not answering. Mm -hmm. But you as the viewer go inside Joan's house as she's barking, uh, like, you know, knocking on the door vigorously. Mm -hmm. And on her dining room table, let's call it, there's this like triangle with Peter's picture in it. In the center in of the it. In the center. So and now. It's the same, 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 same triangle Annie saw in her mom's room when we talked about it at the beginning that she goes into her room. Oh, really? I didn't even see it. Yes, it's the same one. Oh, okay. When she goes and she sees that apparition, I think we forgot to mention it apparition of her mom in her mom's bedroom there's this weird triangle right next mm. to the bed and it's the same one. Oh, okay yeah okay yeah so now we for sure know if you didn't really think yet now you know joan is involved is, yeah she's definitely for sure part of this shit we go back to peter he's at now we find out why joan isn't home because peter is at lunch outside in the schoolyard mm-hmm and he's looking across the street, and there's Lydia. Lydia. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mom. Joan. Joan. <clears throat> saying, I cast you out, Peter. And saying all these other names, and but she's casting Peter out. Out of his body. Of his own body. And he's just like, oh, my God. I think I... I mean, this kid has lost his <laughs> mind, I would think. Yes. At this point. Mm -hmm. Because, like, how do you go from years ago, your mom trying to kill you, now your sister is dead because of you, right? Technically. In theory. Mm -hmm. Your mom hates you. She kind of admitted it to you already. Right. She tried to kill you again. Right. And now this fucking random woman you don't know is casting you out of your own body and knows you by name. Right. Okay. There's cause here for, you know. Yeah, alarm. To not be well yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Annie is now going into her mom's things in much more detail. Mm -hmm. And she finds out through photos and the book 
that now describes about King pa- is it Paimon? Paimon. That it needs a male body mm-hmm. and a vulnerable male body. Which guess who that is? <laughs> Poor, Poor Peter. Peter. <laughs> she finds a photo album where you see Ellen and Joan are friends. Mm-hmm. And apparently, also, if you are able to provide this body, you get riches. Right. Which I think also, you know, it entails that. Ellen was probably well off. Mm-hmm. And they show her, like, in this veil and, you know, like. Like a bridal gown. Kind, yeah. And, like, coins kind of being really thrown at her. Creepy. Yeah. It kind of it, it kind of harkens to um, paranormal activity, mm-hmm. too. The second one where they're talking yes. where the daughter is, like. Doing some research on yes. on what's her name's on the depth of background family right. history, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what if they made some kind of bargain to become wealthy? Right. So, kind of the same thing here. Mm-hmm. Annie goes into the attic, and she finds a body there, full of flies. Their attic is a little, you know, the one you pull from mm-hmm. the ceiling. And now it's like, what the fuck? And with with the symbol. Right. The triangle is there. The body is headless. Yes. Clearly this headless thing is a thing. It's a big thing, apparently. Candles all around it. Yeah. And, and it's decomposed. Yeah. Because it's all like black and yeah. kind of swollen. And it's definitely her mother. Yeah. Her mother's body. <laughs> and, it's, and it's changed because yeah. her mom was buried in like a little outfit. Yeah. This body is now in a white gown mm-hmm. so not only did somebody take it out bring it to the house they also changed it ew yeah. ew ew yeah. and set that whole thing up yeah annie tells that you know she tells steve <laughs> she tells him joan knows her mom her mom's body is up in the attic something's going on and steve is just like you know what i've had it you're the one who dug you're the one who, he thinks that she that Annie dug up the grave. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I didn't tell you thinking, oh, you don't need this information right now, but it's you. You, you dug, dug up, it up. You dug up the body. And Annie's like, what? <laughs> so cause cause Steve does so initially you think maybe she's hallucinating this body, but Steve right. see, does but see he it. He goes up there and he's like, Yeah. This is the cherry on the on the on the ice cream cake. What what do you put a cherry on? The cherry on the cherry on the cake. Yeah, the icing on the cake. The icing on the cake. Right. After this whole digging up of the body, she goes on this mission to get him to destroy the, the sketch- book. The, the sketchbook. sketchbook. She's frantic, and he's looking at her like you are nutters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says you're sick. I am going to call the police, and he and and he takes the book. Oh, it's just so sad. And throws it into the fire, and Steve catches fire. Ridiculous. He goes up in flames, like charbroiled. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't do anything. No, she's just standing there staring at him. Mm -hmm. And then she gets possessed. Yes. You see the visual change again. You see her, like... Like if somebody was literally stepping into her is mm-hmm. how I see it. Mm-hmm. Like literally like going in and now she's no longer Annie. Yeah. Right? And this is when um, earlier Steve had picked up 
um, Peter. Peter again because he had some kind of seizure at school, and he's a, he brought him home and he was asleep. And this he is when he broke up. his nose. Yeah, right. He wakes up. He goes exploring, and this is where he finds his dad, charbroiled, mm-hmm. and he's headless too. And yeah. at this point is where you see Annie in the what I call in the rafters. She's literally floating up in that space, and mm-hmm. she's it's that scene is so disarming. Well, when he first wakes up, she is in the corner of his room yes, on the that's ceiling. Right. Mm-hmm. And just it's her stance and the way she's not moving. Right. And then, you know, you you see a different shot of Peter in his room, and then you see her. Running away, but in the air. Like out crawling, of the room. running out of the room, but he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it. It's very scary That's how it looks. That's when he first wakes. And right. then he goes downstairs mm-hmm. and finds his dad. Right. And she's in another corner mm-hmm. watching all of this happening. Yeah. And then, <laughs> it's, this is where the shit hits the fan. Yeah. He turns around. There's a naked guy standing at a door. One of the doors. In the in the house after he turns around from seeing his barbecued dad, and his mother then chases him throughout the house into the attic, mm-hmm. and now there's a naked woman in the attic, and he sees his photo that is eyeless. Yeah, like, like his photo eyes. has been butchered without eyes. Now that guy in the living room, there was something really disturbing about. Same thing. It's all about. Not moving. Yeah. And he has an increasing smile. Yeah. A deviant it's smile. It's abnormally large. Yeah. The, it's the very smile freaky. smile on his face. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's, yeah. Weird. Okay. We're in so the attic. we're still in the attic. And at this point, they show Annie further up in the rafters. Well, again. first, what? you hear something. Yes. You hear this strange... Sloshing sound, I guess. I don't know. It, it sounds... I don't know how to describe it. It's a weird... Because it's not a banging, but you hear like a back and forth sound. Like what it is. Something being cut. using (laughs) some kind of wire Mm -hmm. on herself and decapitating herself. Yeah. How the hell you can do that is beyond me. Because you see her moving that thing back and forth and back and forth Mm -hmm. across her her neck. Mm -hmm. Mm. And it's the sound of it that's just... Yeah. And she does. She decapitates herself. He sees three other naked people, and he jumps out the window. Yeah. Yeah. He falls to the ground, Mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. He looks like he's unconscious, maybe? We don't know for how long. We don't know, right? Right. But then that light, that astral light, Mm -hmm. goes into his body. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yes. Mm. That is the point at which King... Paimon mm. has now taken over completely. Okay. I don't know if he was unconscious or maybe he died. I mean, it was a pretty... He went down three floors. Yeah. Technically, yes, because the attic is on the third yeah, floor. Yeah, it is on the third floor. I mean, if he lands wrong, yeah, he could die. Yes. And at that point, he wakes up mm-hmm. and he sees his mother's headless body <laughs> floating across the yard mm-hmm. to the treehouse and up into the treehouse. Mm-hmm. Which is very big, by the way. It's not like one of those... No, this is a full-blown nice tree Yeah, house. yeah, it's a nice one. Yeah. Then he goes into the treehouse. Yes. 
By the way, they had a dog, and of course the dog is dead. Yeah. You know, like they couldn't really. I know. All the people are there. Joan and these people that have probably been chasing him, right? The Mm -hmm. lady who waved and the naked people in the house, they're there. It's a ceremony in there. Mm -hmm. But hold on. Before he goes into the Mm treehouse, as he's going towards it, Mm -hmm. there's one little clue there. Mm -hmm. He makes what? Go ahead. (laughs) He makes that sound. Mm. Well, then that's that's Charlie, Charlie. King Paimon in his body. Mm -hmm. His sister's head is on some (laughs) weird statue that they've made. Yeah. Very weird looking peter gets a crown and joan is explaining that he is now paimon mm-hmm. and that peter paimon peter uh charlie slash paimon is now in peter's body that this is the the true body the true vessel. body yes and then that's it, it ends there oh and the mom's body the grandmother and the father are all there kneeling yes without their heads. without their heads but Charlie's body isn't. No. Hmm. Because her head is there. Right. I guess they just need the head. I guess. And that's it. That's how the movie ends. And you just get a close-up of Peter's face. Which, he didn't look happy, so that was kind of confusing. So, yeah. It wasn't like, ha-ha, I have taken over. Yeah. He- Strange, right? Is it because maybe he was on the way out? He, Peter, Mm. and was being absorbed by this entity that's now in his body? I feel like Peter was already out because it's Charlie now since he he made the noise. Yeah. And I I really do think it's Charlie Ellen's son. Right. Hmm. And prior to that, who... I, this is like I said this before, is a body jumping. generation yeah. after generation after generation. So, but yes, this is where it ends. All right, let's get into our categories then. You can hit it off with this because this is your favorite, and you have a lot to say about this one. Found in movie. Mm-hmm. I went into a rabbit hole because <laughs> since I love the sound in movie and this this movie clearly has some definitive sound. I went exploring and went down a very, very, very vast rabbit hole, um, including the person that was picked. His last name is Stetson. I can't remember his first name, who is the one who created all the music for this. They're halftones. I saw a whole, almost whole documentary on YouTube about halftones and how it works. And yes, folks, I went down that rabbit hole. But... One thing that stood out that your dad mentioned mm-hmm. in a particular scene in the movie, and I found it, was that the the music was making him very nervous and anxious. Mm-hmm. And, and he's right. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear it? Sure. See if you still feel the same. And it's playing throughout pretty much the whole movie that it almost sounds like a heartbeat in a way. There is something of a heartbeat in there. It feels like it is. It feels, it adds to that frantic energy Mm -hmm. that Annie presents, but in music. Exactly. It actually represents Mm -hmm. her mood. And what we just heard, you hear that amping up 
you feel it am- amping up as as the music continues mm-hmm. and even listening to it now just put me on edge it's very effective it is it's fantastic all right best scene what's your best scene the séance scene okay and here's why because annie is trying honestly so hard to make everything right that she ends up destroying her mm-hmm. family. Because at this point, I feel that when she does the seance at her home, then she conjures. This is where Haimon comes in. Actually comes in. Up until now, he's been dancing about in mm-hmm. an astral form as a light. But I think that this was the invitation. You have to invite him in. If we go by folklore, or whatever you want to call it. Right. Lore. And I think that this was what let him in. The pivotal point? Yes. Okay. Yes. And can the see whole, that. she was trying so hard to make it all right, and she really fucked it up beyond belief. What about yours? Oh, the dinner scene. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You were... Because yeah. it, it was just... It really shows that, how frantic she is, her thought process, the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Steve is trying to control... The situation by he wants to be the calm force and now knowing he's a psychologist you could tell that he was he's he's that driving force of like okay stop stop but peter unfortunately opened the door by saying what's on your mind and she was just like okay this is what's on my mind yeah. that basically he didn't take responsibility for the accident he know she knows it was an accident but he didn't apologize Right. Which, in that sense, if he didn't apologize, that is really shitty. And that just builds this conflict right, between them. Right. So, and then, like the way she's just like, you always look so annoyed and it's your fucking fuck face. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. She just lets out. She cuts loose. No, no. This is word vomit at its best mm-hmm. at this scene. Do you want to hear that part? Yes. Okay. I sure do. Let me find it. Get back. It's that fucking face on your face. So full of disdain and resentment and always so annoyed. You know, okay, it's it's (laughs) it's the fucking face on your face, not your fuck face, but But it's the same thing. And it just feels genuine because you know when you get angry, you really just ramble like that and you say things like that because she may have meant to say something else with the face, but that's how it came out. And it just seemed like this could, this is a real argument that you can have with someone that you're pissed because of some kind of event like that. Uh, and, yeah. and it's just, it's so well done, her anger. And she's all right. You know, in the scene, she's talking about how she's always worried and slaving for him. And I think she's also hinting at, like, the struggles of motherhood where Mm -hmm. it is about that sometimes. People don't want to say it. It's like you are slaving and worrying about your child. Yep. I can attest to the fact that even when you're 90, and let's say I was technically still alive. Let, okay, let's say when you're 50, hopefully I'll still be, be alive by then. <laughs> I would still be worrying about you. Right. You are the age you are now, and I worry about you. Right. It's like, are you home? Did you get home? Are you okay? Blah, blah, right. I get it. Right. So it's also admitting that, because she's admitting that out loud. And mm-hmm. it's like this, I feel like for her, 
you know, later on she mentions, I never wanted to have you. It's like, it's a burden. Motherhood, her motherhood is a burden to this woman. Mm-hmm. And she's saying it already here. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. It's such a great scene. She, it was great. Peter was great too at the end where he was like, well, what about you, mom? Mm-hmm. Why did you let her go to the party? She didn't even want to go. Right. And she was going to say something and Steve is just like, leave it. <laughs> because he was right though. I mean, right. they were both right. Cor- yeah. That's why this is a it bad is a good situation. Scene. I'm wondering if I should, now that I heard it again, I'm like, oh man, that is a great scene. <laughs> that is a great scene. Anyway. Anyway. How about best character? So sometimes this category is tricky for me. And I know we've discussed it. Do we mean best character as in the actor or the character itself? We mean the character itself, right? I'm talking about the character in the movie. Okay. Then, honestly, I mean, I put Annie because, I don't know. I feel like she's tormented by everything. So I understand where she's coming from. But she's not good either because she has poor choices in this situation. But I don't really care for anybody in that sense. Like, I felt the worst for Peter, but he's not the best character. I think I think Annie is the best character. Okay. You? I had put Charlie, but I made a mistake because I meant to put Peter. Oh, Peter. Yeah. Okay. I actually thought Peter was because okay. he was so tormented by everything. everything. Yeah. He uh, took the burden of... Of his the death mo- of and his mother, of his mom, yeah, of everything that he's been in conflict with with his own mother since he was a kid, since he was a younger child, yeah, and then to be put into this situation, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a terror Honestly, because they both did great jobs as actors. They both did well, great they did, jobs. but as characters, I mean, Annie has also been sharing burden in her past mm-hmm. because. She, so we didn't mention this, she had been caring for her mother at the house. Right. At the end where she, they were barely having a relationship and now all of a sudden she's caring for her until she went hospice and passed. Right. So she's even carrying that burden of like, wait a minute, we barely had a relationship and now you're dead. She was conflicted with, she's not really sad. Right. That her mom is gone. She brought that up. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of conflict there. It's not excusing her from being shitty with Peter. Yeah. It's a toss-up between those two. And yeah. poor Steve. Steve was just... Oh An innocent bystander, yeah, really. he really was. He definitely. really was. Okay, how about best unlikable character for you? I put Joan, but your selection is probably way better. Mine was the grandmother, <laughs> the grandmother. Ellen. Because even though she's she is in the movie... In a different way, but it's because of her this is happening. This is all happening because of well, her. Well, because is, of both of them. Yeah, to all of them. Or that cult. To the right. family, too. Yeah. Everything. Right. It is because of her that this mm-hmm. is all happening. She yeah. is the evil here. I she mean, is. yes, there is an, a demonic entity or whatever you want to call it. Um, but she is the ultimate evil, in well, my opinion. Because she brought it. Yeah. She started. She continued that. Right. And sacrificing <laughs> Her kids and all that. Yeah. So I put Joan because she's technically in cahoots with, well, she is in cahoots with the grandmother. She, I think basically she left her the torch. Yeah. Like, hey, continue this. Make sure that kid dies Mm -hmm. somehow. And we need the the, uh, Peter as the vessel. We need the body of a male as a vessel. Right. All right. 
Oh, what character would you be in the movie? I chose Annie for you. <laughs> Not in any bad way, but just like sometimes with the frantic. Mm -hmm. That's that's me. Sometimes you're frantic. Not that bad, okay? okay. But I, listen, I'll admit to what I. And am I think sometimes. honestly. And it's not in a bad... I mean, this is just very dramatic, but you would be open to a seance if you had a big loss like that. Yeah, you would be open would. to that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, trying to find the answers and figuring things out like that, that's you. Yeah, that you is know, me. That Fine. is you. Mine, you know, the motherhood stuff, that is not you, okay? I was going to say, yeah, but that's definitely not No, me. that's what I'm saying in, in that aspect, the, right. trying to piece the puzzle together mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to be open... To mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. For you, I picked that you would be Steve. <laughs> because you would try to. To piece it out. Yeah. To like, hey, let's let's take a breath. Let's figure it out and try to help. You're always trying to help. I mean, you've done it to me. Yeah. When I've been like out of my mind. Like well, you just said. There you go. Um, you know, mom, take a step back. Let's think about this. Yeah. I, I can't always be on your side. Let's look at this logically. Right. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So I could see you as Steve. Thank you. You're I'll welcome. take that. Yeah. Except hopefully I don't burn into Yeah, flames. I don't want you to charbroil. Right. <laughs> Does it hold up? Yeah. Yes. As it is, we want to watch it right now. Yeah, I should have just bought the movie I know. when we rented it. Because now I really want to see it again. Truly want to see it again. And for that, I may as well have just bought it. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And now on to our seven rules of how to survive a horror movie. Rule number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs in the basement, the attic. Rule number five, why are you going in there if it says don't enter? Looks spooky. Condemned. No trespassing. No trespassing. Danger. Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. Rule number seven, no Ouija board. Or seance. Seance. We should put that. We should. Let me officially put it in the rule. Yeah. Or seance. Sorry if you heard typing noise. <laughs> So I have don't go in the attic because you went in the attic and no seance. <laughs> yeah. Which clearly they had twice. Mm -hmm. I mean, technically the first one, I don't, I still don't think that was the grandson. Oh no, for I'm Joe. sure it wasn't. That was all a I think a that trick was all an act. To make her, to bring suggestion. Yeah. To, that to was Annie. planting a seed of, oh yeah. look, you can communicate with your daughter. That yeah. was not her Jones grandson that was Paimon. Paimon. Any other rules that you can think of? No, I think you covered them there. Okay. We're, we're good. I guess you can argue, argue, argue. Don't turn, you know, turn on the lights because the movie was kind of dark ish here and there, but nah, maybe not. Yeah. Anyway. And then finally, Scream Award. How many times does Erica scream in a movie? I put one out of five because I had already, I remembered a lot of the scary stuff. So it wasn't as shocking mm -hmm. as the first time. I think I screamed once because I was shocked at something, but right. that was it. Yeah. I don't, I think there was only one time that I can remember and I don't know where. Yeah. <laughs> we rented this movie on Amazon. You can also rent it on Apple TV, YouTube, Redbox, and Voodoo. This is a masterpiece. Yes, it is. I hope this guy makes more movies. Um, because Midsommar is amazing as well. I can't wait to dive into that one. I'm sure dad's going to be like, 
what the what fuck the is this? What are you having me watch now? Because that one's really out there. Like, yeah. that one's a very strange movie, but I really like that one, too. Um, I just, I can't wait to see what's next. I hope there is something next, because this is great. This is another nominee for You Can Remake The Shining. Mm. Him? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I can see the the filming and directing, yeah. Yeah. I can think see of, that. Think of Hereditary that takes place in the house. How yeah. cool the filming yeah. would be. Yeah. Um, the dinner scene, actually, going back to that really quick, because I just thought of the filming. When Steve tells her, stop it enough, she leaves the scene. Mm-hmm. And the way the shot is set, I don't know, it's because we read it. It looked like a dollhouse. It does, because they pan out. And it yeah. almost looks like it's a miniature scene. From the ones that she's made. Right. But how many times have you seen a shot like that and it doesn't look like a dollhouse? But exactly. for some reason but it in does. This one, I think it's suggestion. It, it is. It was filmed intentionally like yeah. that. Yeah. It's very so. cool. So, yeah. Those are my nominees for remaking The Shining. Wow. You are really on a mission, aren't you? I mean, if it's done right, it's okay. <laughs> if it's done right. And justify. And you have to have say over the, obviously, Oh, the they need script. to consult me. Of course. Of course they have to. <laughs> they have to. The hell on the fuck with Stephen King. They have oh, to yeah, consult yeah. with No, you. he's a co. I'm the star <laughs> of making decisions. Not him. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen King. Oh, my God. I need to okay the actors, the director. Uh-huh. Wow, you've really gone on a limb right now. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not even, I'm not even close to the ultimate fan. So I'm just. I'm sure. A huge fan. And that's Hereditary. Really love this movie. Me too. I can't I wait to see it again. see it again. Yep. Yep. Thank you for joining us today at Horror Cafe. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook with our handle at Horror Cafe Podcast. And we also have a website, horrorcafepodcast.com. Please comment, like, subscribe, send us emails. We'd love to hear from you. We love feedback and fan mail. I get really excited when I get an email from our followers and please send us emails because we really read them and we do reply. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll really help us out. You can leave the star review and if you can leave a comment, that would be great too. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. And until next time, stay spooky. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.